December 4th, 2022. You are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio, and I'm your host, Chris. Genocide by the Offspring, a rather appropriate opening tune for the topic that we are going to be discussing today. So, we're watching the fascists that masquerade as liberals um, unroll their disarmament of the civilian population plan, which falls right under the UN Agenda 20, uh, 2021, I guess it's 2030 now. And uh, it seems to be following the exact course that uh, <clears throat> Agenda 21 or 2030 uh, had laid out in, uh, in 2013. Now we're gonna go through a, uh, a memo that was sent out to all member nations uh, that was brought to my attention by El Hombre. Actually, this whole show is all contributions uh, of El Hombre. So thanks for Thanks for all the hard work you've been putting in lately, El Hombre. It's it's a really good, uh, really good string of information that you've been sharing. <clears throat> okay, that, let's uh, let's open the show with this uh, United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs. Now, this isn't a um, this is a memo that went out uh, in New York on the thirty first of July, two thousand thirteen. <clears throat> the Disarmaments Commission, Civilian Weapons Confiscation Study Group. Um, yeah, and it was, like I said, New York, July 31st, 2013. The issue of military-grade weaponry in the hands of civilians looms ever larger in the face of the global implementation of Agenda 21 by member nations. In particular, the United, United States of America has, a, has an estimated 500 million weapons in the hands of its civilian population. This is not just a, just a static problem. It is a massive dynamic problem for the process of confiscation as there will be those who refuse to surrender their firearms. The conclusion of the discussion by the CWCSG led to the adoption of a proposed agenda to begin the process for introduction to member nations, a framework by which they can begin codification of national laws to disarm civilians within their borders through a graduated process. Now. <clears throat> Pay attention to this because we are right already right smack in the middle of it in Canada. This is exactly what the Liberals are rolling out. This will all ring a lo- whole bunch of familiarity bells for everybody listening to this. Number one, <clears throat> classification of military-grade weapons to be illegal for, this pos- for possession. That's number one. Creation of programs to provide reasonable compensation for voluntary surrender of said arms. Number three, 
codification of laws to begin the restriction and strict licensing of concealable firearms, a.k.a. handguns. Number four, codification of laws to begin the restriction and strict licensing of hunting-grade firearms. That's where we're at right now, my friends. The codification of laws to begin the restriction and strict licensing of hunting-grade firearms. Now, there's a whole bunch of pushback in Canada. Um, <clears throat> you've even got premiers. Our, our premier in the Scotch, um, Scott Moe, is basically saying, don't turn in anything. So... <clears throat> They've got a problem on the provincial on the provincial front already with this, and the fact that the provinces can create their own gun laws, and uh, pretty much tell the federal government to take a flying leap. Which any in the West, any provincial government that has any longevity or survival instinct knows that if you go against your people on this, you are going to be done like dinner. You'll be out so quick, your head will spin. So at least Alberta, the Yukon. Um, Alberta, Saskatchewan, the Yukon, and I believe New Brunswick are on board and they're saying, nope, we're not playing the disarmament game. We're not doing this at all. And it gets worse because let's get move on to number six, my friends. Or sorry, number five. This is what's coming next. So they're at the stage of uh, basically restricting uh, hunting, hunting grade firearms. Now, number five, codification of laws to restrict, restrict the sale of and possession of ammunition and components to manufacture ammunition. So they're coming for the ammo next. Now you guys are fully aware, those of you that hunt like I do, and uh, are just in the, the firearms community, you're noting that the the lack thereof of, of specific uh, ammos, for the longest time it was 223. NATO 556, you couldn't get it. There was just nowhere. Now it's everywhere, but now it's uh, 300 wind mags. You can't get 300 wind mag. And they're, and they're using Ukraine as, a, as the excuse. Well, if, if Ukraine is the excuse, it should be your 303s and 308s uh, that you can't get, but yet they're everywhere. So <clears throat> you can tell that they're poking and prodding to see what, what pushback they get when they do stuff like this because they are going, they, like I just read to you, the next will be the ammo. They're coming for the ammo. Number six, finally, codification of laws to completely, uh, to completely make any and all firearms illegal to own possess or use outside of military and law enforcement usage that's number six so if the liberals um do call an election in the spring like like people are saying that uh, that's what they're prepping for the first thing they'll do will be probably ammo and just making all firearms illegal if they get a if he gets another term which we cannot allow to have happen number seven creation of united nations police task force with the specific mission of assisting member nations with the collection of weaponry from civilian hands. So it'll be a UN force because I don't think you're going to get the RCMP or any, um, <clears throat> any local police force uh, to start going around their neighborhoods and start kicking down doors. We've been talking about this for a while. Like that's, that's, that's a dangerous fucking game to play because um, there are a lot of people that are not, uh, I guess, as grounded as you and I that if they're going to go to their place to come and get their firearms, uh, they're going to be getting met with bullets. So it's, this is scary. Like there's, there's going to be murders. I can, I can pretty much guarantee it. If they, if they start trying to do this, there are going to be firefights and they're potentially looking at firefights at every single rule, um, farm ranch place that they're going, going to take, try to take firearms, which are a part of the way of life for a lot of us. Uh, it's a bad idea. It's a very bad idea. And I can guarantee you that a lot of people aren't going to give a rip 
if it's blue helmets or what's coming down their driveway to come get their guns. So now, you, now you've read an outline from the UN that seems to mimic exactly what Trudeau is doing in Canada. Now this, this whole operation, like I just read you a memo from 2013 for Agenda 21. Now we know it's changed to Agenda 2030, but we're watching the Liberals within Canada speeding up this process within what, two years? They have banned, with, yeah, within two years they've done three separate types of gun bans. And uh, so, so what's what's causing them to have to speed up so so absolutely like just a hundredfold to go from you know scary looking military heavy air quotes assault rifles which we still haven't got a definition for uh, to going to uh, your Grandpa Joe's hunting rifle? Uh, <clears throat> how did that, what's what's causing that to speed up? Now we're gonna get into that in this show because it's it's it's. I don't know. We've been talking for a long time, like what is going on with these vaccines actually? Well, we are going to uh, really start digging. We're not going to be scratching the surface anymore. Todd Callender has uh, pretty much dropped the bombs on what is going on with these shots and what is coming next. So let's uh, let's get this show started, my friends, so you guys can uh, hear this information and uh, and I guess somewhat mentally start prepping for for, I guess, what is coming. We'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command. Welcome back, my friends. So what this is, both these two videos are going to be the entirety of the show, but it's information that I found extremely relevant. Um, I'll just give you a brief kind of uh, uh, prequel to it. And uh, there's a little write up here that uh, basically says, Todd Callender, it's now or never. 
Those who take mRNA shots belong to a new species called Homo brogenosis and under U.S. law are owned by patent holders. However, according to Todd Callender, this is only the beginning of, of their problems. This first vid serves, as, serves to introduce the second where fascinating supporting information is discussed. So we are going to play both these vids, my friends, where you can kind of hear what um, uh, Todd Callender's and, some, and uh, the other one is with Dr. Lee Merritt. Uh, so these are heavily qualified people that are that are going to be speaking to you. These aren't just randoms that I've that uh, <clears throat> El Hombre found off the street. These are highly qualified individuals that are telling you what could be coming down the line. So without any further ado, let's turn it over to Todd to Calendar so you guys can kind of get a feel for what they are saying. Yeah, sure. Um, been in the morbidity mortality business for a long time. Practiced international law around the world, including living and working in two communist countries and undoing the Soviet model economy. Um, I understand who the players are in this genocide. I've done business with uh, all of them, including the WHO. Um, and when the Secretary of Defense illegally mandated the shots, he doesn't have the power to do that, I realized what this was all about. And I filed suit against them uh, and raised a lot of issues, including the fact that everybody that's getting these shots are, are number one, exploratory laboratory animals, right? They're just test beds. And then number two, if you got the shots, the odds are, according to U.S. law, that you are owned by the patent holders. You're a new species called homoborgenesis, and you are owned. That's the nature of what our case says today. One of the advantages of suing the DOD um, with this many service members that are upset about the mandates is we've ended up with about 500,000 whistleblowers who have provided us a whole lot of really good information. So everything you said is well supported in documents that we have, um, testimony that we have, and expert uh, witnesses. So in recent times, I had sent you a number of documents that, that actually support what you said. And our biggest concern, the reason Doc uh, Chambers and I are here today, is that we work as a team to understand both the science and the legal ramifications. And what I wanted to impart to you is under 42 CFR Part 70 and 71, that's the enabling statute for Health and Human Services to assume power in the, upon the declaration of a public health emergency. They've already done that, as you indicated, uh, with the COVID crisis. That is, uh, has resulted in the suspension of our Constitution. It's already happened. The next one is coming. In that statute, you will see that Marburg is already uh, identified. You will note that the PREP Act has a Marburg provision that allows for uh, additional spending when invoked. The uh, Health and Human Services has already invoked the Marburg provision, meaning they've already parted ways with money and spent it under the HHS enabling statute to build quarantine camps, amongst other things. Throughout the United States, we, inter we interrupted two, one of which was in Cochise County, Arizona, where they were going to build a $1.9 million facility that houses the, the now merged four branches under HHS. The judiciary, law enforcement, corrections, and public health are now all one in the same, and they're all housed in the same facility. So all of these quarantine centers are there. The, we understand that there could have been a Marburg release that Dr. Chambers will get into. We think that one has already happened. We know that Marburg is not particularly contagious, but it has an extraordinarily high rate um, of fatality. And we know the mechanism by which this will be released. And that is inside of these shots that people already received, inside the lipid nanoparticles, the hydrogel, there exists pathogens inside of the particles that have not yet opened. Those pathogens are chimeric. They include E. coli Marburg, 
Ebola staphylococcus and brewer's yeast, amongst others. We know that upon the broadcast from the 5G system that is now employed across the United States and the world, for that matter, um, when they broadcast an 18 gigahertz signal uh, for one minute, three different times as a pulse, it will cause those lipid nanoparticles to swell and release these pathogenic contents, thereby causing a Marburg epidemic that they've already spent the money on. They've already, it's already done, right? The Marburg epidemic, for purposes of the law, has happened, and now we just need the actual uh, disaster to happen. And, and there's actually worse parts to it than that, including the 1P36 gene deletion that effectively will turn those poor people into zombies. As odd as that sounds, our government's preparing for that. But the FEMA have already put out zombie commercials uh, and yep. CONOPS on that, correct? That's correct. If you look at CONPLAN 8888, STRATCOM put that out in 2011. On page two, they say, oh, this is just for examples, just for demonstration. You know, don't, don't worry about it so we don't offend other countries. The problem with that is you look through that CONPLAN, it's all about five different types of zombies. There isn't anything in there about opposition forces. There isn't anything about winning political battles or counterinsurgencies. It is only about a zombie apocalypse defending it. And you will see that every NIMS-compliant practically agency, or, or whether that's state, uh, local, or federal, has already had their zombie apocalypse preparedness training. They've already done their practice. The CDC has had a zombie apocalypse preparedness website up for the last five years. Now they've reduced it to a PDF cartoon. Even in the Amazon Web Services contract, the force majeure clause, I believe it's Article 41, states that we're not liable for damages in case there's a zombie apocalypse. This is coming, folks, and, and the serious adverse event report, Pfizer put out post-marketing. They, they had put out as part of a FOIA. The number one serious adverse event was the 1P36 gene deletion. You look up the symptomology for that, it is the elimination of the frontal cortex and a propensity to bite. What's very odd about this is this was the symptom post-vaccination. That disease is a congenital disease. It means you're born with it. So how is it then possible that this is the number one serious adverse event from the Pfizer shots? It's here, folks. And then you've got Dr. Chambers here to tell you I'm not just a raving lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The, you, these are both very um, serious uh, credentialed uh, folks uh, and patriots in their fields. Uh, I just met Doc Chambers, but just hearing his military resume impresses me. Uh, and I've, Todd and I have known each other for quite some time. So, and I also now work in um, corporate competitive biotech intelligence only for the good guys. That's my company is GrinX, which is genetics, robotics, information, nanotechnology. Don't talk about that much, but it's very, so I have some understanding of what's going on here. And so the lipid fat is what encases the delivery. And then it is activated and released by pulsing uh, the 18 gigahertz. Is that correct, Todd? Yeah, that's exactly right. Th think of the lipid nanoparticles as little bombers. And what happened is the, the various manufacturers of these shots included three separate HIV proteins in each of them, including the AD5 adjuvant. The reason for that was to disable, to disarm people's immune systems so that those little fat bombers could go inside of the cell and deliver their payloads in order to reprogram the, the person's body to produce synthetic DNA. In this case, they call it S-proteins. When they turn that Marburg switch on, it will be M-proteins, and it will cause people to produce the Marburg pathogen themselves. That first and foremost, from a, from a documentary point of view and self-legal help, 
VaxChoice, V-A-X-Choice.com. There's a full repository of everything that we're talking about is there and other things. Um, Self-help legal documents, and if you sign up, you can get a daily update. There's no donation button. There's no nothing. We just put this out for people's benefit. Separately, there's truthforhealth.org. Dr. Uh, Lee Vliet is in charge of that, and she's put out a Marburg fact sheet along with some things that we can do to try and stop what's coming or at least prevent it. Just like the COVID situation, there are medications that Dr. Chambers can talk about. There are therapeutics. Of course, the CDC got rid of those therapeutics and its advisory um, saying only thing you know that they, you can do to treat Marburg is uh, is a vaccine. There's one actually already prepared for this. I think it's getting its emergency use authorization right now, which also tells us this is going to happen. Secondarily, yesterday we got uh, information from a source from a whistleblower showing us that they are now training people on urban collection, isolation, and detention uh, in reference to public health emergency. So they're now training it. This, this training happens next week in South Carolina, once again in July. I'm sure that this is happening in more than one place. The United Nations has already hired uh, people, specialists in quarantining uh, that is on their payroll. That happened last year. I haven't seen if they've done it more recently. My point in telling you this, folks, is that, that we have tools to not fall for this again. There are therapeutic therapeutic drugs that are available. Um, I think one of them is called Fenben in the 444 um, milligrams. And then uh, I understand from talking to doctors in Africa that have treated this that ozone, either IV or insufflated, also tends to, to work. Um, so I, I also have one whistleblower inside of FEMA who said that the, the plan is to scare the hell out of everybody and scare them into going to the quarantine centers because they don't think they can collect everybody by themselves. That um, the, the doors will be open. And then, of course, in there you will get your mandatory shot because you came in voluntarily. So what we'd like to do is, is help people understand don't run to the FEMA camps because you're going to get one of these shots just like the COVID ones. Uh, and number two, you can treat this yourself. There's preparation you can do. And if we get the word out sufficiently, I think we can stop this like we did in Cochise County and like um, another lawyer friend of mine, Jamie Shear, did in New York. We got to get the word out. We got to stop this. Top of that, so yes, it's very insightful. Secondary to that is that upon the invocation of these emergency powers, which are now permanent, by the way, in all 50 states, there is never again going to be a constitution, and all of that power is being ceded in the WHO. Now by contract, it was by charter. Now it's by contract. So this is your one world government all being created at one time with this particular emergency. Your rights as a human being are gone, by the way. There are two UN conventions, the International Convention on Civil and Political Rights and the International Convention on Human Rights that says they cannot force you to do medical experiments. Guess what? Those don't count anymore. Your constitution doesn't count anymore. We're in a position where we, the people, right, at a county level, and Dr. Chambers will talk about this, we take back our country from our own traitors in government, or we're done. We're done as a species. My, my biggest issue is this. The, the next one, the next shooter drop is coming, and then they will cause 30 million people to pour across our borders. Most of those will be enemy occupiers. Some are already housed on our military reservations. As our military members are falling out because they were forced to get these shots, others are prepared to walk in and take over. The law of war states that when alien occupiers take over substantial government functions, your nation is dead.
That is happening as we speak right now. And we've got to take our country back now or it's never. Well, thank you so much, uh, Todd. And I'll probably have you guys both back on my cast next week or the week after that if you're available. This is really important. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mike Adams and Bob Denny and, at Brighton TV to write articles about this and get this out. Uh, it's really important, and uh, thanks. Uh, and again, your website is both of them. Uh, uh, so Vax Choice, V A X Choice dot com, and Truth for Health. That's not a foreign there. Truth F O R H E A L T H dot org. So that might be a little bit hard to take in. <laughs> But what he's talking about is the fact that uh, Marburg, Marburg, the Marburg virus was encapsulated in the lipid nanoparticles of the COVID shots. And when 5G uh, broadcasts 18 gigahertz, uh, these lipid nanoparticles then are activated or they, they drop the payload into the cells of the vaccinated and boom, you've got a, pan, a Mar Marburg pandi pandemic. Now you heard him talking about zo the zombie <clears throat> basically turning them into zombies well it's if i can kind of gather what he was putting together there was uh the virus has been manipulated to basically make people into animals where they their uh, brain functions are severely limited if not eliminated and they have a they have a, a need to bite uh people so that's why they're calling it a zombie virus so it does fall into that category of take it or leave it, but I'm bringing it to you because these are highly qualified people that I've been listening to that have been calling what is going on correctly since the very beginning of this, before they even rolled out the shots when the pandemic started. Now the next, <clears throat> the next sit down that uh, Todd Callender has is actually with Dr. Lee Merritt. And she was the first one to ever, I've, I ever heard to start uh, calling the uh, COVID 19 pandemic an actual bioweapon and calling it a two-stage bioweapon with the shots now it's starting to make sense i think for a lot of you as to why it's called a two-stage bioweapon so let's let's get into this one because this one's uh fairly long so let's hear uh dr lee Merritt and uh, todd calendar expand on this even further and i know that you also uh have actuarial data now i've been yes. saying at least over 40 percent of all cause mortality in general what what do you, what say you about all this what's going on so there's really three different places that I draw my information from. Uh, one is the morticians. That's where we're going to get our, our best answer because the only clients they have are dead people. Um, <laughs> what I had come to find in, in January of 2021, I think you had the same result. They were telling us not just one, but, but several, um, that they had a 500% increase in their January, and it's been month on month. Yeah, I've so heard that too. The, the point is that you can extrapolate that out fairly easily. You know, it's not like you got repeat customers, 500% month on month is a big number. Secondary to that, you know, we're, we're really, my group is in the morbidity business, not mortality business. So it's accident injury, sorry, accident, sickness, injury, disability, stuff like that. However, there is a correlation to mortality. Obviously, the more sick people get, the, the more they, they tend to pass on. And my understanding from the industry is that the millennium age group 15 to i'm sorry it's actually 18 to 45 is at a 84 percent increase in all-cause mortality that is the healthiest group mortality have. Not mortality just, not morbidity mortality oh, gosh on top of that 
you can look at the DMED data, and I actually have the DMED data because we had four separate whistleblowers in the military that came forward and provided it for different people, for, you know, from different parts of the military. Um, like I said, it's the benefit of representing, a, you know, 500,000 plaintiffs in, in the <laughs> DOD is you get a lot of information. And that showed an 1,100% increase for 10 months in 2021 over 2020. Um, that was all caused more mortality and morbidity. And I wish I could get you newer numbers. And the reason I can't do that is when Tom Wren stood up on uh, Senator Johnson's roundtable session and, and disclosed that he had the DMED numbers, immediately they were changed. And, and they were changed right. to show that the preceding five years of mortality and morbidity matched that of 2021, which is absurd. We would have the most dead and sick military in the entire planet. However you look at this, the, the rates are, are going to continue to skyrocket. We should get good numbers sometime soon out of the actuaries. They'll do them quarterly and they'll do them year end. The insurance companies themselves will have to report in their annual results. And it's really easy to look at their bottom lines. But I can tell you this, there is enough uh, here that we know it will be impossible, absent some intervention by governments, not just one, many, for these insurance companies to pay these claims. Um, yeah. They have the ability not to pay them by virtue of uh, this being a mass experiment. Um, clearly, that's a, a hazard that they did not anticipate and they wouldn't have to pay. If the government tells them to pay it, the only way that will happen is if they actually jump in and, and help the insurance companies. Now, I understood from that from the uh, insurance CEO in Indiana that a bad a, a tsunami for the uh, life insurance is a 10% increase in all-cause mortality. That's right. And I don't think they've ever seen it. They expect that every no. 200 years. But what is the most increase we've ever seen in all-cause mortality for any reason oh. since World War II? I mean, let's say. I don't know back to World War II, but I would be surprised if it was more than 5%. You know, the mortality really just kind of skips along. You have a little yeah. bit more one year than another. But it, it, it doesn't go up or down. The standard deviation is less than 1%. So we're calculating right. our risks based on basis points, not percentage points. Right. So we, any movement in percentage like points. No, no. Gosh, no. Right. No. And, and, you know, we have to balance this off. So, uh, uh, again, I've been, I'm, I've been trying to arrange this thing to do a county mortality data from, around, from different people in different counties all around the country so we could get a handle on this because yeah. we're in a demographic nightmare. Just as a national security yes, issue, we are. we're in a demographic nightmare. And it really makes a difference whether the death rate's going up or whether it's coming oh. back down. And we don't yeah. know that because they're lying about the data. Now, you can, you can maybe get some handles on that over time, but uh, that's what we need to know. And I think Whew. these guys know it. I mean, you know, I think this is why I always say this is stage four of the war. And Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they've given us the they've given us the bioweapon. They started with one, and then they did the psyop. That was stage two. Stage three was the bioweapon injection because nothing else yes. really worked as well. And now stage four, they're sitting back and they're counting, and they're not letting us know the count. But we need to know the count because it's it's absurd. I mean, it's absolutely insane to think that we took the genomic sequence from our purported enemies in China. Whether or not this is true or not, but, but that's what the, the on face story is. We took the genetic sequence from one patient by the Chinese, put it up into the into the gene bank, and then we downloaded it and vaccinated all our first responders in our military with that blueprint by the, the communist Chinese. Assuming that happened. Well, I, assuming I that happened, it is, it's yeah. absolutely insane. What do you think might have happened? You're getting some words that may not be the whole story, right? 
Yes, that's true. Um, but let me just address something you'd said a second ago. I, if we really want to understand how bad this is, because they aren't telling us what's really happening, right. I think we should look at what Child Protective Services is doing. Because you look at the the kids, sixteen and under, you know, the, they're just now licensed for these, such as it is, licensed for these shots. There are a lot of double parents, meaning both of them have gotten the shots. They are dead people walking if they've had three shots. How many orphans are we going to have? You add that in on top of the fact that probate courts are operating between 12 and 18 percent of of their capacity. And we have a serious problem on our hands right? because these kids are all going to be there without any resources. You can't get through the probate process to get them resources. So if you watch staffing up of Child Protective Services, um, there is going to be a tsunami associated with that. Wow. Having said you know, that, I, I have to cut and say, you know, that's interesting because when people talk about this possible reset done in the 1800s where there one of the things that they point out is that we had orphan trains you know charles dickens yes. in the 1800s he wrote about orphans what was the big fascination with orphans we had babies in incubators in the world's fair yeah, and we right. literally sent two uh, two or three big ships of orphans to russia to quote repopulate russia what was the problem you know uh something's not right something's here big. right that we may be in that situation again but please continue. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And then in terms of you know how this whole thing un unfolded, there are too many non-sequiturs in this right. story that we've been given. None of it makes sense. And in some of the research and materials that I've been getting in, in reference to our case, which is Robert V. Austin, it's in the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals right now on a very interesting subject um, that I'll get into in a minute. The, what we've come to find is that the, the DOD is actually who started this whole thing. People seem to think that there was a – uh, you know, this catastrophe of some kind, and then we got, you know, a, a response saying, you know, hey, we need help. Manufacturers go and make this stuff. No, 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 no. This all originated, this messenger RNA technology, the adenovirus technology was all being tested and produced at the behest of the DOD. It started there, not the other way around. They're the ones that contracted um, Moderna and Pfizer, J&J, to produce these things for them. The actual original development happened in the DOD, and then they told them what it is that they wanted. So that it's backwards from where we think it is, and it makes it all the more absurd if you think about what you just said, which is that you know somehow we get the, this pathogen from the Chinese, from some guy's lung tissue that got mixed with you know kidney blood or, or monkey yeah. blood. No, none of that makes sense, and, and they haven't even disclosed what that actually looks like, what those gene sequences look like. Um, it, none of that makes any sense, and I don't think it's, it's plausible. Secondarily to that, Pfizer's Phase 1, 2, and Phase 3 clinical trials resulted from 44,000 service members and their families. It's the um, trial number C459-1001. There was another one, 1011. They had um, cell phone apps for the, the patients that were undergoing this. It was taking real-time data from those patients and what it is they inputted themselves. That was given to a, a company that collected and parsed that information and then gave the filtered information to Pfizer for purposes of their licensing. The DOD knew the entire time what was happening real-time through this app. It's called the InTouch eDiary, and they now knew – Right as it was happening. So for them to feign they didn't know that all of the test animals died in phase two, for them not to know what the real mortality morbidity rate was is absurd. And, and 
when you say they were doing this phase, I mean, what date are we talking about? They did phase one, phase two, phase three. I mean, was this, are we talking about since the COVID theoretical outbreak in, in December yes. of 2019? Yes, yes 2020. So, so it was 2020. It, it was, was December 2019. By, by January, in fact, it was by December 20, uh, 2019 that this all started. By December 2020, Pfizer already had their complete plan ready for approval of both the EUA and the BLA. And well, I have it in their own documents. That goes along with what we heard. I mean, see, we heard that I think it went up around the 1st of January of 2020 yes. into the gene bank. So so that could still go with the story of the this this the, uh, my favorite part of the lie is this bat this bat virus that had lived coronavirus that lived with humans in commensal bliss for yeah. eons suddenly leapt out of bat soup in a dirty right. meat market and, and infected perfectly infected humans. But at least it is that time course. So you don't think that they have evidence that it that their vaccine was being developed for oh, the course pre yes. pre twenty pre October of twenty nineteen. Absolutely. That evidence would be damning. So there's lots of evidence. One of the pieces of evidence, which is actually fairly simple, the World Bank was funding um, COVID PCR tests in 2017, and they actually called them COVID PCR tests. And the right, World I Bank was financing all these different countries. We have it. You know, it's, it's there. And there is references to a lot of this stuff. But, you know, what the military does is largely secret. Um, yeah. But we, we saw manipulation of people's um, vaccine records online in the military's data, database that the, have numbers in 2019 and they magically get fixed um, with different types of, of names and descriptions of, of vaccines, as they call them. It, all of it is absolutely uh, made up. It, it's, it's a fairy tale. So that, you know, that goes along. One of the things I've been saying uh, on my podcast uh, on Monday nights and stuff like that is that, and on this show, I think, is that um, we the idea that we're surprised by these bioweapons labs in Ukraine. I mean, maybe we're surprised right. that, that it was finally Putin had had enough and decided to do something, but the Russians. But, but in point of fact, ever since the Soviet Union fell apart, we've been going we, – and the Nunn-Luger Act was packed in 1991, passed in 1991. We went over to the old Soviet socialist republics and took over those bioweapons labs, not just in the Ukraine, but in Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, yeah. all over the place. And we ran them with our staff and our people and our funding, and we have evidence for that funding absolutely clear. And, and we have – documents and and self-admissions that we have researchers over there researching bats, researching coronavirus, um, doing gain-of-function research. I mean, that's yeah. been going on. And so uh, I, it's just hard to believe that this just came out of – I know it's not just out of the Wuhan lab. I said that initially. I said everybody wanted to blame the Chinese. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, there's plenty of blame to go around. Look at Winnipeg. Sure look at North Carolina. But – but now it looks like that really may have come out of our own labs, which really, you know, if we can prove that, that's really the takedown. I mean, that's that's the take back of our world, I hope, that we can. But, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I think we we know a lot. I honestly, I think we probably covered our tracks. What else do we know from the military along those lines? I mean, is there any other... Prior to like 2019, I know about the Richard. It was Richard Rothschild that actually has the uh, the, the patent on He's the, got the PCR patent test on PCR. for COVID in 2015 or 2017 or something. Well, I mean, but nobody, and, everybody, 
Everybody kind of just misses that. <laughs> it, which is bizarre because they didn't name this this thing, this disease, until March of 2020, COVID-19, which stands for Coronavirus ID. And they, and they debated it, right? They yes. Did, as if they didn't joke. know what they were going to call it. I love that. <laughs> it, it, it's absolutely, yeah, it's, it's a joke. And you're right, that patent exists. And then you see the financing. Well, but look, there is going to be more, more information. We're going to get it. It, it so happens that when um, we got kicked out, um, dismissed under Rule 12B in the federal courts, the federal rules of civil procedure, is basically a catch-all that you don't have standing or you, don't, you shouldn't be here. The judge didn't even give a reason, really, uh, why he dismissed the case, just that we procedurally weren't, shouldn't be there. The, the Tenth Circuit is, is hearing this case now, and with some luck, and I think we're going to have it, by virtue of raising the issue of the vaccinated people um, becoming the chattel property of the patent holders. We're going to be able to subpoena that that information. We're going to get our discovery powers. We'll get our class defined. And then instead of doing a FOIA, we're going to start subpoenaing information from the DOD, and we know where to look. Wow. Talk a little bit more about the whole – I've heard this. I just don't know what to – I don't know what to make of it. I mean, there's no question that we are – that – and we said this, I want to go on record and say, we, we told you so. You know, the doctors that they're now coming after, like me, to take our license away for medical misinformation, we said way back when, this is going to get into your DNA, and it's yeah. artificial, it's going to make artificial DNA. That's what That's this right. has. And now it's happening. So That's right. Where does this go? Does, do we really become patentable humans? Yeah. Well, the answer is yes, at least as far as the U.S. case law goes. So there is a, a notion um, in the funding statute, the authorization statute of, of the patent law itself, the Patent Act, that states you can't patent you know, God's creations, including man, right? However, we have things right now that everybody's heard of called humanized mice. We have GMO corn, and we're all eating it. If you look at it from a legal perspective alone, um, in 2006, 2009, come the Monsanto cases that say, look, when you buy the corn, genetically modified corn, you're really just buying a license to use it because the corn itself belongs to the patent holders. And so they have a right to enforce, and they do. The same theory applies in 2013 in the – it's a myriad genetics case. It's um, pathogen – pathogen – uh, sorry, it, it escapes me, but it's Myriad Genetics is the name of the case. It's 2013 Supreme Court uh, case, and it, it holds that use of messenger RNA results in um, intellectual property rights, patent holders' rights in the synthetic result. So we do know that use of this messenger RNA uh, produces a synthetic genome, a synthetic um, yeah. DNA, which is inextricably part of whoever got it. And so at least in part, Whoever got these shots is owned at least in part by the patent holders, and you can see that in subsequent patents like Bill Gates' battery patent where he, he talks about turning humans into batteries and he's going to have them producing power and solving equations in their sleep. It talks about a license. So that, that refers to who's getting paid for the use of his human batteries. So, of course, that's what it is. And so anyway, we asked the Tenth Circuit. so creepy. And, we, and we're going to win one way or another on this thing, right? So we asked the Tenth Circuit to uh, agree that if this is, in fact, ownership of, of people that violates the 13th Amendment that outlawed slavery, um, or it, if we're wrong, great. Then the patent holders are going to be really angry because that's what they think that they have, is ownership of synthetic people. 
right? All of these patents talk about that. Now, this may sound really creepy, but I'm going to ask it anyway. The implication here. So yeah. if, I, if I took, you know, if somebody takes the vaccine and it changes them a little bit, maybe, okay, because there's a matter of degree here probably, uh, certainly. And, and then they marry somebody that also has been vaccinated, and now they have progeny. So they have children yeah. that now are getting this change from both sides. We have no yeah. idea what that's going to do. But that strikes me that now you've got a situation, you, the, the GMO corn made me think of it. I mean, now What's you've a good got one? an issue, a bigger issue here, potentially, don't you, for the, this whole? For sure. You know, and, that, and that just relates to the ownership issue. I'm frankly more concerned about the definition of, of crimes, the penal code defines homicide as the unlawful taking of a human life. And if you define yes. what a human is, right, that's a homo sapien. These new people are not homo sapien anymore. They've already been named. It's homo borgenesis, B-O-R-G-E-I-N-S-I-S, homo borgenesis. If, if you go and kill one of these people who is not a human, who is not a homo sapien, is that a crime? That's my concern. Frank. Oh, my gosh. What, what, what is it? I've heard it, but I didn't, I didn't catch it when you said it. Homo... Borg Genesis, B-O-R-G. Oh, Borg, like Borg. That's right. So, you it know, comes when, they, from... when they called us conspiracy theorists because we said, no. oh, they're going to make us into the Borg. They're they actually... did. If you, look, yeah. if you look at the NASA Langley Future Warfare presentation, uh, I think I've sent it to you. It's from 2001. NASA and Langley put this together. They specifically Great. stayed in there that future biomachines, bioman machines, will be Borg, and that's where the, the name comes from. They actually said it, not me. Is Borg an acronym? Yeah, actually, if you if you look it up, it's it could be an acronym, but it actually goes back into old Swedish uh, language that effectively talks kind of like robot-style stuff, and it's interesting to, to note that it goes back a long ways. Wow, yeah. Well, drone, or, or it's not robots. I think it's a drone or something like that that it means. You know, this whole thing goes back a long ways. I had, um, last week, I had Dr. Kevin Cruson, he's a he's a chiropractor that has really looked into a lot of this, but and he's and he practices, but he's also a a biblical scholar, and he talks about because I told him I said yeah I I think we're fighting a DNA war, and he said oh yeah it goes back to Genesis. I mean this goes yes. back, and I and yes. it makes and I said to him I said so that explains the whole issue, the fact that that you um all those boring passages in the Old Testament where he begat, he begat, somebody begat, somebody else, why they did that. It was provenance because they yeah. didn't have DNA tests back then. So if you wanted to make sure you were a pure blood, you had to know that your father was wow. this guy. And, and that's really what we're talking about here. Very, yeah. you know, and when, we, when we're talking about the, the fight here, there are groups of people, not us. I mean, I'm sure that you didn't, when you got married or if you're married, you probably didn't have your wife checked for a, a DNA test. And I didn't do that either. I mean, or had uh, go back in Burke's peerage. We used to think it was cute that the, the royals uh, had Burke's peerage. And so they knew before they, they got do. married exactly where you stood, what your relationship yep. to, to, uh, to the various queens and kings of Europe was. Yes. You know, right. you know, uh, and so it's not just it wasn't cute. It was actually protecting a bloodline and yes. whatever it means. And we can I mean, I have my own theories and my own th things about this ACE2 pathway genetics, how this relates. But there's clearly a group of people, several groups of people, probably that are always in the same group, but they act differently yep. that either for religious reasons or for reasons of blue blood royalty we think yes. of it or just yes. by isolation like the amish they've kept a bloodline pure and yes. it has consequences and 
maybe that's what we're talking. I mean, it's really this is gets very strange. It does get strange, and, and I share your view. Um, I remember back I was a young man at the time when um, Princess I might Diana have, when I they might were hunting. Interrupt you there, and we have that's to go okay. to a break, and we'll come hold that thought sure. right back. Thank you, and. All right. Well, we're having a super interesting conversation. Kind of ran out of time before the commercial. And you were about to talk about Prince Charles yeah. going on the hunt for Diana. That's and right. She used to say that she was just a breeding mare, that she was there for yeah. a day, that they didn't really like her. And that and and I, I'm I'm I know for my myself uh, that the the ACE two pathway stickiness to this bioweapon, the, the S1 subunit, the ACE, the spike protein. It's related to mitochondrial female DNA, <clears throat> excuse me, DNA, so that there's the, like the K26R bloodline uh, doesn't have any real stickiness. Whereas if you're a standard white European, mm -hmm. uh, not Finnish, you're the top stickiness. Yes. And it goes down, and, I, and, I, and it turns out that I happen to, I got. I didn't get very sick. I'm almost 70. I, I didn't get very sick when I got shed on. Other people around me got really sick, but yeah. my, my I'm the daughter of the daughter of the daughter of the Duke of Westphalia. So I think I might have gotten that K20 wow. pathway. But that's what we're talking about. Talk about Charles and Diana. What do you What do you so, say? So yes, I, I specifically recall as a young man um, that it, it was actually publicized and it was in news reports that he was looking around to find a, a suitable bride. And that this person had to have so much percent of royal blood. It wasn't a secret. In fact, I'm sure if anybody wanted right. to go back and look for it, they would find it. Um, and that he settled on this particular one because she had all the right attributes. Uh, but it, it, it was like an arranged marriage, effectively. Oh, sure. Um, you know, so and, and that's not that's not um, in isolation. You, you find that a lot. And you look at all of our presidents. I think all of them, save one in our own country, are related. So yeah, there is Charlemagne. Something here. They, you know, uh, Al Gore. I think I said this on the program. Al Gore is a direct descendant of Charlemagne, and George Bush Jr., the one that he was running against, was like a a great 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 nephew. So here we have. We think we're electing our people. No, they've been selected. That's a joke. For us. Yes, that's right. They've yeah. been presented two options. Right. Which one do and you want? DNA thing. Yeah, and and it is. And Crazy. I, you know, the, the further I get along in this, I, the the other thing that I tend to find is that they're all one way or another, you know, from the Kazarian area, yeah, of, of Europe. That they have this sociopathic bend. That they're really good liars. Why would you want to be a politician anyway? To have people, you know, say horrible things about you so that you could smile and be fake and act like it didn't hurt. I don't think it does hurt. I think these people are largely sociopaths. And it right. doesn't bother them. And I think that that is probably a genetic trait no different than your ACE2 receptors. I do find it interesting that the Finnish, by the way, are almost universally exempt to, to, to all this, immune to this. Well, right. They're not from the European uh, lineage at all. In fact, they also are way down the list with Asians on the stickiness of the spike protein to the ACE2 pathway. But I, it turns out um, James Grunvig from American uh, Media Periscope he explained that to me. He's Norwegian by birth, and he said, oh, the Finnish, yeah, well, everybody knows why they're different. They actually came from the Korean Peninsula. Oh, okay. <laughs> so well, that explains it. Yeah, but, but the point about, and, and again, it's a little off our general topic, but it is true that we've also been lied to about so many things, and one yes. of them is psychopathology. What, you know, psychopath, sociopath, same term, but psychopath, what, what are they really? And I mean, we used to say in medical school, 4% of people were psychopaths. Now they're saying it's between 4 and 10%. Yeah. And 
one of the big things about psychopaths is they have no human empathy. Yes, exactly my point. Who are, what are we dealing with here? I mean, it goes down a deep rabbit hole. I, I, had, I sent to my friend you know, in Iowa, what are they doing? They're scrubbing CO2 from the air, and they just voted on an eminent domain bill to literally take people's farmland to, to pipe to put pipes down to take CO2 out of the atmosphere. Now, we're at an all-time low for CO2, to, right. regardless of what the brainwashed college kids are telling you, regardless of what the Club of Rome is telling you. We're at 419 parts per million where plants are getting starved pretty badly, which is why yes. the pot guys, it's 420, so we can say that today, the pot guys and the... Um, and the and the like the indoor vegetable growers. What do they do? They pipe CO2 that's into the right. and that's, that's how right. they get things to grow better. And we are starving. And so here we are in Iowa, letting Bill Gates or somebody suck the CO2 out of our atmosphere. Are you that's kidding astounding. me? And and, and look, how many different fighting? ways? How many different ways do they want to kill us, Doctor? The yeah. hospital homicides we had yeah. easily a million people last year killed for profit by the hospitals. We have the poisons they're sticking in people's arms now. They call you know COVID vaccines. We have mass sterility that's been effectively now in all vaccines, as I understand it. Um, CO2, right, starve our plants so they can't make oxygen and they can't live. Um, name your pathway, fluoride in the water. Look, if anybody Chemtrail. hasn't figured this out, yes, you haven't figured it out yet. They want our species extinct, right? That's, it's as simple as that. And of these people, some of whom, you know, I actually know these people in, in a certain way. I did business with Bill Gates and Pfizer and those people 20 years ago. I, I took the WHO into Cuba. I know these people. And one thing they all share is the Luciferian belief system, and they um, hate God with every fiber of their being, and their objective is to spite God by genetically modifying every plant and animal species on this planet, starting with us. And so you have to ask not just whom are we fighting but what are we fighting who That's are these right. people are these you know i took a lot of philosophy in college and i and i tell people you know one of the things they never we always talk about you know who what what's the nature of reality what's the nature of god what's our role in the universe all these different things one of the things we never ask which in any real uh, like murder mystery or or in forensics the first thing to ask is in the who who is it are we alone on this planet you know, yeah. I, really, it should be. How's a, it possible? It's, but we were so afraid of being called a looney to, nobody asked that question. But yeah, now when you're looking caring. at what do they benefit, what do, what do they benefit by dropping the CO2 to non-human levels? That's well, they get rid of us, to. first and foremost, and every other plant and animal species on the planet. And if you have the ability to control genetic engineering in the way that they do, then why would you care? Look, there is a compendium on gene editing, gene engineering I have it. It's a two-volume book set, and it's like a Sears Roebuck, uh, you know, catalog. You can order up whatever you want, and there's no law against it. And say today I'll have whatever, maybe one that uh, that doesn't need CO2 or oxygen, synthetic life forms. And you look at Craig Venter; he was involved oh, in all yeah. this, right? He's created synthetic life, and I understand, in fact, from some people, from some of our scientists or consulting are telling me that these little hydras that they're finding in people's blood are, in fact, a synthetic silicon-based life form. They're not even you know, from this world, so to speak. So right. why, why would they care? They'll just adapt to whatever it is they want here, and it's not us. And how do you think 5G roll, rolls into this whole thing? It has a huge interplay on this for a lot of reasons. And one of the things that we had found out in, the, in looking into the patents is that 
the the manufacturers, the, the patent holders, had created these chimeric uh, pathogens. Going back to Craig Venter, and I don't know if sure. he created these, but it was his ilk, right? His type of people that were able to combine his bacterial sentence. and viruses together to create these pathogens. COVID itself is one of those. It's why if you give people ivermectin alone, it won't do it. If you give them antibiotics alone, it won't do it. It won't solve the problem. It is a both viral and bacterial pathogen. They have created other ones, and we have the patents, and they say things Mycoplasma. like... Sure. I think mycoplasma, there's a very good book about this, The Daylily, I think it's called. But when I was in the military, that was one of the things that we were told, that, that and, and I think it was a little after that that they were, actually came out and said this officially, but it was believed, you know, there was a mycoplasma fermentans that was made by a Chinese scientist who came over and worked in our USAMR at, at, at Fort Detrick and subsequently at AFIP, and he took um, brucellosis yeah. bacterium, stripped yeah. out the guts, mixed it somehow with viruses. That's how. That's what yes. they. That's what this was, and that became mycoplasma fermentans. And it was a. It was a bioweapon that could be made into a crystalline form, and probably we are all infected with it now at some there level. There you go. Yeah. So there's it's your been answer. Going on for a long time. And so anyway, in this particular case, they actually patented it. They actually wrote it down. They took the time to do it. And you see E. coli, Staphylococcus, Ebola, Marburg all mixed together, and, and what it appears is that they had these pathogens put into the lipid nanoparticles that were already injected into people. To get back to your 5G thing, we also found a lot of science that shows that they have a triggering device, an 18 gigahertz signal um, that pulses three times one minute each, will in fact cause the lipid nanoparticles to swell and spill their ingredients. So our hypothesis, and there is evidence to show this, is that these lipid nanoparticles already injected into people will simply at some point be activated like a remote trigger uh, to spill out whatever contents they are. Instead of producing S proteins, they'll produce M proteins. And, they, right. and the reason I say that with a certain amount of confidence is because our government has already released and spent the Marburg money. They made an amendment. They made a special provision to the PREP Act that said, hey, in case there's Marburg, here's some spending. Well, they already invoked it. We've yeah. had 10 Marburg deaths in 40 years globally, I think. I don't, it's not even the United States. And yet they've already spent the money to create quarantine camps in anticipation of Marburg. So yeah. we and, understand and, that that has to happen now. And, and I don't know if you're following this, but this is an interesting thing about Marburg. First of all, I, I found it when I was really researching what how do, how do we get here, uh, I found out that in Winnipeg at the only level four BSL lab there, Dr. Shu that was working for Frank Plummer there, was being funded by our NIH, think Fauci, to come back and forth to USAMRIT and work on Marburg. And I thought, oh. well, that's kind of odd. Do they have Marburg in China? No, they don't have Marburg. Exactly. It's a jungle thing. Well, and, and, and the second thing is, why would you have a PLA scientist coming into our uh, one of our bioweapons labs? Not the only one, but the one of them. Good point. You know, I mean, it, the whole thing sounded crazy. And then I noticed recently we've had a, a several things happen we had the um there was a before the, all the shanghai thing you heard this kind of rumor that oh there's a city that's on lockdown in china because sure. they're bleeding from their eyes like nobody yes. heard the term hemorrhagic fever the way they dropped the little tidbit out in the news is to yep. make you think that they don't know what's going on and it's something that's weird <laughs> and then we had the monkey spill yes we did <laughs> and then in the middle of that dr malone just drops this thing well don't don't forget marburg it's like that's right. It's like this is just a program thing that's happening here. There's sure, it is. It's ready. It is a program. Something. Yeah, it is so. a program. There, there is a playbook, and they're following it, and they don't do a very good job of varying from it to the point where we now have 
it, we interrupted one of these intergovernmental agreements where the Marburg spending was going to Cochise uh, County in Arizona, and we got to look at what it was they were going to do with it. And they, they were going to build this quarantine center that houses all of um, corrections, the judiciary, law enforcement, and public health in one place, and complete with their nice PowerPoint presentation that it talked about what do we do with our inmates, right? These are quarantine people being called inmates. Right. Um, and, and, and the point is that it was all about Marburg. So they've already told us this is coming. It's only a function of when. And I, in fact, I'd heard from some people, notable people, military intelligence people, that the New York City subway shooting was a Marburg release event. Well, but, you know, here's the thing about this. All these hemorrhagic fevers. Yeah. This is this is why I think that they're trying to poison us and starve us and everything else, because we are just damned resistant as human beings. It's sure. not given back biology. We are really yeah. made wonderfully, you know, as, as it says. So they just can't kill us as well. You know, they tried to scare us years yeah. ago with Ebola, and they would have these yeah. breakouts that they made sound so scary in Africa, but it never translated. They'd send <laughs> people over here with it, and it never translated to an outbreak here. So these are not airborne. They've tried. That's, God love them. They've tried to make it. They have. Uh, the, I'm blank on the name in uh, in Virginia. The House of the Monkeys, where they claimed it was airborne. No, they were spraying it around with hoses. It's just they can't make it work. So I think that the Marburg. I won't. I don't want people to, to worry too much. No, about no, no, this. no, no, no. What I want people to understand is that this is a plan, and the plan yeah. includes it's going to be a Marburg one, and their plan yeah. includes scaring everybody into these quarantine centers so right. that they can receive the Marburg shot. I happen to know there are several candidates. In fact, I've already seen the one that's pre-chosen. It's already in phase, uh, I think it's phase two clinical trials for its EUA licensure to treat Marburg. This is a plan and they're going to do it. And if we can have people do a couple of things, number one, don't panic. Number two, you can treat this. Apparently fenbendazole and abendazole are treatments that were taken out of the CDC's handbook on how to do it. Now it states that you can only treat it with a vaccine that's, that's not even made yet. If people can get ahead of this and understand that this is a psychological warfare operation to chase them into these quarantine centers so that they can receive their Marburg shot, that is just another kill shot like the COVID ones. I've also, heard, I've also heard chloroquine, not hydroxychloroquine, but maybe chloroquine. No, itself. no, uh, chlorine dioxide is the other well, one. Well, that's also true, but chloroquine oh, is okay. 55 and half-life. So okay. one pill every two months. Very good. I didn't know that one. Get cheap from India. Um, you know, it's so, so the Marburg itself isn't it, but here's, here's the issue about this quarantine stuff. You know, the, the federal judge that just got rid of the – I wanted to ask you about this, too. The federal judge just got knocked down the mask mandate in Florida, right? Yeah. However, it didn't really take on the big issue that should be a <laughs> constitutional issue that the CDC has been given the authority mm -hmm. to, buy, to actually intern people. That's right. Uh, and not because they're not, and you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be contagious. But That's during right. a, a an, an outbreak, they have the they have the ability now, or been they have the yes. authority to intern people. What do we That's do right. about that? That is just. That we can't let that stand. That's where we, and, oh, and they're by the way, and that's what they're talking about: criminalizing medical speech against the narrative. That yes, we'll be the first right. to go. I think. Well, yeah, if not already. So the the short answer to your question is: you're absolutely correct. It is actually in 42 CFR Part 70 and 71, and it states that the reality is in, upon the declaration of a national health emergency. That's the language. Health and Human Services takes over the entirety of the government, and they have already done that. 
So it's it's supposed to be a temporary power, right? That, that goes to the HHS and the various governments, public health departments. The problem is that in all 50 states, there is now a move to make those temporary powers into permanent emergency powers. Your constitutional rights, as of this moment, don't exist, Doctor, and they haven't for a long time. On the declaration of that natural national um, health emergency, your constitutional rights evaporated, and they're never coming back, by the way, because they're turning these temporary powers into permanent ones. And you're absolutely correct. Under 42 CFR Part 1771, I think it's 70.14, in fact, states the CDC is in control of whether they want to quarantine you for how long, whether you get due process, a lawyer, or anything else, and going back to this, this quarantine center that we'd interrupted in Arizona and the four different agencies under the same roof, they've already pre-canned their pleadings. The judges have already pre-canned their orders, and it happened in my case. What the DOJ gave back to us was, almost had no relation to what we filed in our, in our complaint. What we got back was a canned pleading because they had already prepared for this years in advance. That's wow. what I'm telling you. Well, I... I hate to think we can't win this. I mean, you know, and yeah. I, we can. There's so many more of us than them, but I don't know that we're going to win it in a in a in a in a legislative way. I don't think we can legislate no. ourselves out. No, no, no. We we win in a couple of different ways. One of which is the answer is no. I'm not wearing your damn mask. Right. No, I'm not taking your shot. Yeah. And and no, I'm not going to go to your predetermined winners. Um, Walmart and Target. I'll go support mom and pop. It's through our own action and our own desires as to how we want to support that. Secondarily to that, we start withholding food and sex and every other thing you can imagine. For people in uniform that aren't doing their job, they all swore and to the Constitution. Why are you not doing that? And, and ask them point blank, are you, are you good when the day comes when they force these shots on others, whether that's for Marburg or any other one, are you good with having these people you know, be forcefully given shots, committing suicide or murder as the case may be? To enforce this is going to be the problem. If we can get to the enforcers, whether that's military or whether that's law enforcement, and help them understand all of this is illegal and it is in furtherance of a genocide, we have a chance to stop this by lack of enforcement. And we take our planet back because this is global. That's where it's got to go. It's not one country. We got to take that. Humanity must take our planet back from these, quote unquote, people, whatever so, they are. So that brings me to the issue of the enforcers and the the point that um, I I. Alex Zek, who was former, uh, he's the head of, he founded this Health Freedom for Humanity, but he was a West Point Army officer when he started speaking out, and that took some guts. But he's a well-trained military officer, and he said, that, and this is a very good point, he says the problem is that when you riff people out of the military because of their not willing to take the vaccine or wear a mask or do all this nonsense stuff, and they stand up and speak, so you get rid of all those people. and. Sorry. All that you have left, same thing in medicine. You get rid of all the people that are – you de-license everybody that's speaking up. Yeah. What you end up with are the mindlessly obedient. Yes, that's right. And unfortunately, that's how you get the enforcers, right? Well, there's truth in that. They also are the ones that are going to die, right? The, those are the three shotters, all of whom have mm -hmm. zero natural immunity because they all got the HIV proteins. And I don't think it's by mistake either. No. If you have foreign invaders that are being housed on military reservations, all military age, ready to slip into those slots. So my message to the military, many of whom I represent, is prepare yourself to step into those shoes. When your commanders are falling out, be prepared to step in because this is about saving our country. Those people that are being housed on our military reservations are foreign. They are alien occupiers. 
and National Defense Authorization Act of 2012 or 2014, can't remember, which actually authorizes the government to conscript them into service, whether they are Americans legal or not, it doesn't make any difference. They have the ability to conscript them, paid or unpaid, and I think that's the plan. Um, if they occupy our important government functions according to the law of war, they destroy our country. They take over the Absolutely. military, and we're done. So, and, and, and I know we're running out of time. I could have you here for two hours, but they'll be going to kick us off. What do you think about the percentages here? I mean, you know, where I, I get, in my opinion, the general staff is, is lost. They've been captured. And yeah. so they're either traitors or they're completely incompetent, but there's nothing in between. And then you have, you know, the lower level ranks, which, you know, I, that's not the issue here. The real issue is, the, the, the military runs by those mid-range, you know, the field-grade officers, yeah. the senior enlisted people. How, what pers what's your feeling about uh, where are they? are they? Are they on our side? Are they willing to stand up against this, or what's going I'm on? How did all the more and more of it. Yeah. So I, there's quite a few 06s and, and 05s that have come to us for help. Command sergeant majors, sergeant majors, just what yeah. you, you talked about, and they are coming to us for help to get exemptions for themselves, but also to seek guidance. There's a whole lot of uh, JAG officers that have come to us that are trying to actually help us because they recognize what is happening is illegal. By way of example, three times now the Supreme Court has looked at the COVID vaccines. They are experimental for God's sake. Never once did the Supreme Court address that. They just bypass it and move on. All of this is patently illegal according to the Nuremberg Code by itself because these are experimental and you can't force people to take part in experiments without their consent, period. So the, the judiciary is, is in the tank. They're gone. Our, the political leaders are in the tank. The heads of all prosecution and, and law enforcement are in the tank. We are now to a point where we have to take it back ourselves, and I think there are people in the military that are willing to do it who started off following orders. Now they're understanding these are illegal orders, and more importantly than that, they're seeing people fall dead. Ninety soldiers at Fort Bragg died last month, many of them in their bunks. That is buried. That is hidden. It's a 27,000% increase. Those no word about it. They know, they and they're know. not going to be able to hide that much longer. That's you know, right. That, that's where these the 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 Uber lords, the psychopathic Uber lords, uh, they they jumped the shark here. They just didn't think that they were going to be. They that's where their Pfizer was trying to get the toxicity down, so they wouldn't be uh -huh. so obvious. You don't want an assassin. You don't want them dropping over in your on the right in front of you. Yeah. Well, listen, I really would like to have you back. You're you are the right man for this fight, and I. I think that's awesome. So, and and we have to go, but thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. So there you go, my friends. There's a, basically an expanded or dissected um, version of of what Todd Callender and Lee Merritt and others are seeing could potentially happen with these these shots and what what's coming down the pike. It's looking like it's a Marburg um, pandemic. So, but you also heard him say like, don't, don't panic like this. The only it's, it's not, it's not really highly transmissible. So it is going to be people, um, it is going to be people that did take their one, two, three shots, right. That will be affected by when they start pulsating the 5g at uh, 18 gigahertz. Um, the other takeaway that I really noted was the fact that they gave you, um, what to do. Let's now, let's just say this happens. Let's say this, this goes down this road where you've got people with Marburg that have <laughs> depleted, uh, brain function and they're running around biting people. Um, <clears throat> let's say you get bit by one of these people. Well, he told you that it's chlorine dioxide. 
Uh, Tom Callender said fenbendazole, uh, ambendazole, and chlorine dioxide are, are natural treatments for this. So even if we are looking at a heavier code zombie pandemic, um, <clears throat> there's treatments that could, uh, could uh, reverse this for you. I'm actually right now in my second cycle of... Uh, chlorine dioxide so I kind of giggled when he said that because I'm, I'm on I've upped my dose con, um, considerably this round and I'm uh, I'm feeling great I, I use it just to knock pretty much all your everyday you know it's cold and flu season uh, people are getting sick around me so I was just like you know what I'll do my second cycle of chlorine dioxide right now and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with the dosage and and up my dose <clears throat> um, gradually through this second cycle so i the first round I did it for 14 days and uh, this one I think I'm going to do probably 20, probably 21 days um, and just 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 to make sure that everything that could potentially get me is knocked out of my system. So it was kind of wild to hear them hear them say that. But again, this is one of those things where I'm going to leave it up to you. You can take it or leave it. Um, but like I said, halfway through was uh, these are highly qualified people that have actually been nailing it since the very beginning of this, all of this, they've been nailing everything that they've predicted has actually come to pass. Um, so I don't take this one very lightly. Um, but when you start dabbling with terminology like zombie apocalypse, <laughs> a lot of people turn away immediately from it. Now, whether or not it goes down that route, the fact that the, um, <clears throat> the fact that these pathogens are, could, or are in these shots, that should be alarming to everybody. So and you know this isn't exclusive to the u.s we we've uh, on the show we've covered the uh um basically the fema camps or the quarantine camps that they've been putting together in canada so when you tie this whole show together they're disarming you at a, at a rapid like a, a, a rapid rate now they are they're coming for your guns there's just no denying it um <clears throat> voters in canada have to come out in force now i don't know what the answer is who who Who's going to stop this? I don't know if Pierre, he seems to be, uh, <clears throat> he seems to be against this gun stuff. So who knows? But I, I, if we leave Trudeau in power, this is coming. Like this, this is coming. They are going to come for your ammo. They're going to come for all your guns. And then potentially you could be staring down the barrel of another pandemic. I think that's going to happen regardless of who's in power. So it's good to be mentally prepared for, because you just know that you, you don't set up all this, all this stuff. Um, you know, digital passports and, and vaccine passports and all this stuff just for a temporary year and a half virus. This was a trial run for the next stage. And what is the next stage? If you want my, I'm putting my money on Marburg because the highly qualified people that called every stage of COVID correctly and the vaccine rollout are telling you that this is going to be the next stage. Okay. My friends, that's where we'll leave this one. <clears throat> As always, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook. It's Canadian Patriot Radio. Use the message button. That one comes directly to me. If you have any uh, information or articles or anything that you think that would be show relevant, then send it my way. Uh, you can also use email. That's CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Or sorry, that's the, that's the website. CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. Uh, the telegram room is t.me backslash CPR underscore two. And then of course the website is CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in again, my friends. And until next time in all thy sons command.
joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.